Okay, we are kicking off a new series uh, called Will You Be My Valentine? And the focus of the series is uh, we want to help you to become great lovers. And so when you think about this idea of being a great lover, uh, you probably, many of you, think of this scene right here. letters. I wrote you every day for a year. You wrote me? Yes. It wasn't over. Still isn't over. Yeah, I told you that's the the scene you thought of, right? All that exhilaration goes through you and you're like, yeah, that's awesome. That's what I want. That's what it's all about. And uh, actually, we're, there's this question that we keep asking ourselves. And the question is, how do we get that to happen? And for those of us who've had that happen many times, uh, then you are asking yourself, how do you get to keep that happening? How do you get that to keep happening? And, and, and how do we experience these incredible moments of love? How do we become great lovers? So a couple of things about this. Number one is that Uh, we often see this as though it is, your focus is on how do I get the other person to respond like that? How do I get them to respond that way? How do I interact with them in such a way that they would do what I want them to do? And this one was a, a highly passionate one, but it includes, and even more meaningful, and uh, is that it includes the times when you just go for long walks. It includes times when uh, you can't wait to get home to walk through the door and give your wife a hug. You can't, you can't wait for your husband to get home or, or vice versa so you can give each other a hug or you, you set aside this time. You're going to spend this magical time together. and It, it includes all of that. As a matter of fact, what, what we're going to talk about today, it applies to parent-child relationships. It applies to friendship relationships. It applies to you when, when you've not yet, you're not in a romantic relationship yet, and you're, you're constantly asking, we're all asking the same question. How do I get 
this to work? And how do I get it to work long term? How do I get to happen again and again and again? How do I get it to be a part of my life? How do I have a great love life? How do I do that? And so uh, we're going to introduce something called the power of the circle. This blue represents the guy, the yellow represents the girl, and again, uh, as I said before, it doesn't have to be guy-girl guy relationships. Uh, when it comes to being a great lover, when you, are a great, when you learn to be a great lover as a husband, you learn to be a great lover as a father as well, as a friend as well, when you pick up on this principle. And so what we see in the video is this amazing, incredible time with boom, the two circles came together. Like you emotionally felt it. You're like, ah, oh, that, oh that's great. And it's not just the physical part of it, it's the whole thing, it's the emotional, it's that we're all in this, like we're one, we're together, and you're like, ah, yeah. And this question is, how do I get that to happen? How do I get that to happen? Well, the Bible, in a passage that is uh, about love, 1 Corinthians 13, the first three or four verses I usually just skipped right over. I I just usually skipped them right over. And it has a really, really cool thing that uh, we often miss, and I wonder if you do, as you try to make this work, as you try to get the other person to react the way that you want them to. In 1 Corinthians 13, the first thing he says is this, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I give, uh, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I might boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So the first part I want you to see is he's super strong about this. He's really strong about this. He first says, you're a clanging cymbal or a gong. It's as if someone turned the radio on and they're playing three different songs at the same time. You ever experienced that? It's torture. It's like, ah, I hate that sound. The next, he says, if you do this without love, he says, I am nothing. That you are nothing. That we are nothing. And the third one is that you gain nothing. In other words, as you try to get this to happen, as you're focused on, wait a minute, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? He says that if you don't have love, it's not going to work. It doesn't work. Let's kind of take a look at each one, of, each one of these. The first thing is this. So if I have the ability to talk in amazing ways, and all of us have tried this. You've tried this. You've tried. You've sat in front of the mirror, right, guys? you sat in front of the mirror and go, okay. Hey, baby. You've done it, right? And you've worked through all the different things that you're going to say and how you're going to say it and what you're going to do. You've done it as parents. Man, if I just say the right thing, if I just say the right thing, if I just, do, I just need to say the right thing, you've worked through this. But let me ask you something. While you're doing this, what are you focused on? You're focused on if I say the right thing, will it cause them to react the right way, the way I want them to? You know what he says? He says, nothing I say 
will matter. If you have no love, nothing you say will matter. Well, you guys have experienced this. You've all experienced this over and over and over again. I'm not telling you anything new. You just may have never thought of it this way. You remember the guy you fell in love with and the way he could talk in such amazing ways and you responded and maybe you had some of those moments of incredible passion. Now when the guy speaks, it hurts your ears. You can't stand his voice, right? Because there was no love behind it. So now you don't really care what he has to say. It doesn't matter how sweet he is. It doesn't matter. You've experienced this. The second thing he says is what I know will not matter. What I know will not matter. He's really strong. Like if you knew everything, if you knew everything, if you knew exactly what to say, if you knew how to act, if you knew all about love and relationships, if you knew all of that stuff, and you do it. You look it up on the internet, you've read books, you go places because you think there's a secret you need to know. It'll mean nothing. You've experienced this. One of you in your relationship just keeps trying to explain to the other one how this works. It's logic behind it. No, let me tell you again. You've told me 45 times, I don't care. Why? Because it means nothing. There's no love behind it. He also says, this is kind of crazy here. He says, what I believe, nothing I believe will matter. Wait. I thought belief was everything. Like this person has the power to move mountains. This is Thor alive, right? You, you have so much faith in God. You are so convinced. You literally have the power to, this is something you don't have. But how many of you tried this belief thing? How many of you say, I believe God. I believe God's going to change that person. I believe it. I believe it. I believe God's going to fix our relationship. I believe it. And you do believe it. But you know it doesn't work. Because it's not working. It's, it's, why? Because it doesn't matter how much you believe. There's somebody in one of the, one of the testimonies in Reengage, and this lady grew up and became a Christian, and she believed the Bible beyond a shadow of a doubt. She believed the Bible wholeheartedly, so much so that after she got married, and she'd been married about five, five or ten years, she sat down with her husband, and she said, I want you to understand something. I believe the Bible wholeheartedly. I believe exactly what God says. God hates divorce. So I will never divorce you. But I want you to know that every day I pray that you die. You're like, you're kidding. No, she literally said that. Why? Because it doesn't matter what you believe if there's no love behind it. <laughs> Some of you are like, I think my wife might be praying that. No. All right, here we go. Next it says, nothing I give will matter. Nothing I give will matter. You've experienced this. You think that if you just give and 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 give, you can make this work. If I just give the right thing, I can get this thing to work. I can get it to come together. I can get them to respond the right way. I can get them to do that. 
And you've been giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and you're on your third guy or you're on your third woman and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Wait a minute, I thought that's what it was all about. The Bible says if you don't have love, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter. Lastly, nothing I accomplish will matter. You, you got the house, you got the career, you've got, man, you have done so many things that you thought, man, once I got that. And you experience this. You experience this on a daily basis. You're like, I don't understand her. Like, I'm quite a catch. Look at all I've accomplished. And she acts like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. God says it doesn't matter if you don't have love. If love is not the guiding force, if love is not what drives you, if love is not what propels you, then all these other things that you're working on to try to get this to work, they don't matter. They don't matter. What's love? We need to back up, and I'm just going to give you a piece of what love is, and this is enough for us to grab a hold of today. Love is that I, I want to do, I am committed to do whatever is, whatever is best for you, no matter what it costs me. Love is, I'm committing to do whatever is best for you, no matter what it costs me. Now, here's a really important part of this. This circle goes around me. And if you could, you'd put it on the floor, and then uh, we'd push a little button, Star Wars, it would come up like this, and you would notice, okay, everything inside of this circle is me. That's what it is. And when we love, like he talks about in the Bible, we are not focused on how we will get the other person to respond to us. We are focused on how we will do what is best for the other person regardless of how they respond to us. Let me say it again. When we love we are, and, and we understand the power of the circle, when we discover the power of the circle, we understand, wait a minute, I can become a great lover because I'm totally focused on what is best for them, not how they're going to respond to me, not what I'm going to get back from them, not the deal I'm making with them. You see, everything inside of this circle you control. Isn't love a frustrating thing? Love is a super frustrating thing. Like it seems so complicated. Yes, because you're constantly focused on the other person's circle and not yours. It's that simple principle. Where have we seen this? Like, where do you see this kind of love? Like, how do you experience this kind of love? Well, just really quickly, I want to run this by you. What I've taught you already could change your life. You, you could go home now, you, you'd be great. You should actually pay me for what I just told you. <laughs> but we're going we're to take a look at what Jesus, uh, a little bit about Jesus and uh, what he has done. This is how we know what love is. You want to see it? This is what it looks like. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Love is, I'm going to do what's best for you no matter what it costs me. Jesus said, I'm going to do what's best for you no matter what it costs me. 
Oh, it's going to cost me my life. It's going to cost me my life. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, what's that mean? That means if Jesus is the circle, that means when Jesus looked at your circle, there was nothing attractive about you. It works like this. This is something else you've all experienced. Hey, baby, sweetie, I love you. I love you too, babe. I really, I really, really love you. I really, really love you too. Why do you love me? Think, Chris, think, think, think. Because you got the cutest nose in the world. Oh, you said that last time. Why else do you love me? Well, you're so smart. I love your brain. Oh, I'm not as smart as you. That's true. So, and, and then this keeps going, right? And then it's about, oh, you're sexy, and you're, you're this, it's the way you do this, and this is the way you do that. You, you know what's happening? You're setting up a contract. You're setting up a contract. And in that contract, one of you says, I declare I love you because of all the great things you do to me. You see, the cute nose turns me on. The great brain makes me feel this. This makes me feel this way. And at the moment that you're doing it, it just feels like the video. Doesn't it feel great at that time? You feel what you think is love. But what you're setting up is a contract. You see, there's a problem. Because the older you get, you're going to lose a lot of that stuff. I know a lot of you, you're paying money to hang on to it as hard as you can. <laughs> Get more power to you, man. Keep it up. But it's going to go. And not only that, when the pressure gets turned up in your life and the kids come along and all these other things come into your life, those things that you thought were so great about that person, they begin to snap and crack. And they don't hold up. But you had a contract. And you keep trying to make the contract work. And the contract works like this. I will love you as long as you keep giving me what I want. Like, oh, no, that's not what I do. <laughs> yes, it is. You give yourself permission to be mad at the other person when they don't give you what you want. You, you know what this phrase means? You make me mad. It's not my fault. You made me mad. You know what that means? You didn't do what I wanted and what I needed. So I have permission to act like a spoiled brat. It's a contract. It's the exact opposite of Jesus who said, Chris, Jesus, why do you love me? He said, because I'm love. 
No, no. What do you see in me that caused you to love me? Nothing. I don't love you because of what you'll give to me. I love you because that's who I am. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Right? If the contract was such that, the, that you saw this person was valuable, I'm going to give my life for that person because they're valuable. That's not what Jesus did. That's not his definition of love. That's not what love looks like. But God demonstrates his own love. He will do what is ever, whatever is best for you, no matter what it cost him. Back up just a quick. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The power of the circle. The power of the circle is this. It doesn't matter if Lori responds the way I want. It doesn't matter if my children do what I want, when I want, where I want doesn't matter why because Jesus says there's a love there's a love that I can develop there's a love that I was created to grab a hold of and be able to share with others that is entirely centered on this circle and goes out it's not centered on what they can do for me or how I can respond to them. But God demonstrates his own love for us, and thus, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It, it, gets, it gets more beautiful. It gets really beautiful. So what did God do? Well, first of all, he, he did everything he needed to do to set you free from your sin. He did what was best for you so that you could have this amazing life. You could have a life full of love where you're a great lover. And then he did something crazy. He invited you into his love. First, he goes into your life, gives his life, does everything you need, and then he turns around and he invites you into his love. So, so what do you do with that? Well, first of all, this week, as you're living your life, and you all have relationships, you either have somebody you wish you could have a relationship with, or you have someone you do have a relationship with, or you have children, or you have family members, in your relationship with that person, how often are you trying to love them, and what, what you're actually trying to do is you're trying to get them to fulfill what you think is their side of the contract so you can experience that kind of togetherness. Number two, number two, number two, just watch it all over. Just watch it, how true it is. 
But all these things you're trying to get to make your love life work, they don't matter. You're not gaining anything. Why? It's not actually backed up by the, the commitment that you have to do whatever's best for that person no matter what it costs you. Just watch your life and, and just, just let that sink in how real, how true this is. And number three. Every day when you get up, pray this prayer. Jesus, come into my circle. Come into my circle. Show me, teach me how to love like you love. Come into my circle. Number four is really practical. Today, make a commitment. You're going to be here for the next four weeks. I can teach you how to be a great lover. Don't miss out on this. There's one thing I do really well, and it's this. Don't miss out on it. Jesus spoke to many of you this morning, and you heard him. When you heard that, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. That's how he loves me. Don't walk away from this. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this amazing truth. God, I, I pray that you just keep inviting me into your circle and you keep coming into my circle. And I pray for each person here to pray that this week, every day, that they might be able to take this beginning step of becoming a great lover, of discovering the power of the circle. In your name we pray, amen.